0: Welcome into the Tricky Takes podcast presented by Phantom Sports. I'm your host, Austin, here with my wonderful co-hosts, Connor. Hello, hello. And Billy. What's up, guys? So uh we are continuing our road trip through uh the MLB, going division by division. We just completed the American League. We've now moved on to the National League, and we're gonna start on the East Coast, just like we did with the American League. And This is one that I've been looking uh, super forward to as a Braves fan. Um, This division is absolutely bonkers. There are just three mad powerhouses. And this is going to be, I mean, playoffs for these three teams start in July. Like I feel like every team down the stretch is going to be must win. So uh, really looking forward to this, but we uh, start an order of a record in the previous season, so we're gonna kick it off with the Nationals. And sorry to any Nationals fans looking listening to this. We just have to save time on the back half. So it's gonna be brief. If you listen to uh, our last episode involving the Al West, um and you heard us talk about the Oakland Athletics, it's a very similar situation here in uh, our nation's capital. Uh, Billy, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick little rundown?
1: Yeah, guys. So Nationals, looking at compared to who they had last year and then who they gained this year. Uh, they lost Cesar Hernandez, Luke Voigt, Anibal Sanchez, D Gordon, and Nelson Cruz. So definitely lost some power there with Luke Voigt and Nelson Cruz. They did bring in Jeter Downs from the Red Sox, Stone Garrett, Jammer Candelario came over from the Tigers, Trevor Williams, Dom Smith from the Mets and Corey Dickerson. So uh nothing really stands out out of that uh group. Do you guys think it was kind of a net gain or a net loss?
2: I I think a bit more of a, a net loss. Uh they didn't really add anybody crazy. I mean they added solid guys into some holes that they had. But I think losing that bat of Nelson Cruz and, you know, Luke Voigt and some other pieces there really hurts overall
0: uh I'm gonna disagree I'm gonna say it's a net gain um I mean Jeter Downs and Stone Garrett um are guys who are guys who haven't shown that much at the big league level but could still develop uh Jeter's still pretty young Stone Garrett who why like that that name is backwards. It I kept saying Garrett Stone like when I was looking through his th- thing. It's no, it's Stone Garrett. Yep. Um, he uh, is also a, a young guy who uh, could potentially blossom, but he's already twenty seven. So plenty plenty of life still left for an MLB career entering at, at twenty seven. That's not unheard of in this yeah. sport. Where and like the NFL, if a running back's twenty seven, they're out of the league. <laughs> um, but you know in baseball the 27 year old kind of just getting in, just getting there, their shots pretty common. So I do like that. I mean, Nelson Cruz is what 43, 44 years old. Uh, You're a last place team in a stack division, just like gather young talent and, and hope yeah. maybe in two or three years, uh, you'll be in a better situation. So I do like their, uh the acquisitions they made in the offseason. but for right now, right here, right now, Um, I don't see them having any more like topping out at like 59 wins. I don't see them breaking the 60 mark. Um, and I, I really, but I do see them in the 50 win range. I think last year they had 55 wins. Uh, I think their low ball low end is like 51. I, it's a pretty narrow range. This is the narrowest range I've given any of the teams we've done so far, just because I think they are just
2: kind of, we know who they are. They're just a bad baseball team. Yeah, Austin, I, I've got them right between 50 and 60 because, like you said, they're they're not really going to break that 60-win mark, but I don't think they're going to go below 50. I mean, it's, I think it's very, very hard to lose or to win less than 50 games in this league. I mean, you play 162, that's that's a lot of opportunities there. So I, I think they'll have at least 50, but I don't think they really have much more than 60. It's just not not a good team. Yeah, I'm in the same ballpark as you guys.
1: Uh, nothing jumps out to me. Uh, the pitching is aging. And uh, Patrick Corbin, who used to be their one of their top guys, has been historically pad the past few years. So, yeah, I just don't see them winning more. I've got them capping out at like 62 wins. My floor for them is 51. Um, so I've got them right in the middle like a – right around where they finished last year, 55 wins, 56 wins. Um, So, yeah, I mean, maybe if a couple of these younger guys uh, come together, they can break that 60 mark, but it's going to be tough for them, definitely in this division. Uh, as far as, you know, MVP talks go for this team, I think there's a couple of options, uh, a couple of interesting pieces, but Austin, I want to hear who you think uh could really – Step up on this team and be their MVP.
0: Uh, for me, it's a former Brave, but uh, not one who ever made it in the bigs with us. Um, Joey Manessis, who uh had his rookie season last year as a thirty-year-old, twenty-nine-year-old maybe, um, and really broke out with that uh power stroke he's got. Uh, I expect him to have at least twenty-five bombs this year, lead the league by five maybe ten home run or lead lead his team by five maybe ten home runs uh so I, i've got him
2: as my mvp for them yeah just like you said also i mean 324 with 13 homers and 34 rbis in 56 games last year not a, a bad way to start off your mlb career uh, so i've got him as making the the biggest impact on this roster
1: yeah i am in the same boat as you guys uh I really like Joey Manessis and like what he brings to the table. And there's, you know, not a whole lot of great options on this team. You know, I thought of K. Bear Ruiz, um, CJ Abrams, possibly, but I think Manessis has the best shot at being the guy on this team. Pitching wise. What do you guys think? Cy Young for the Nationals 2023.
0: There's yeah. a lot of ways you can go here um, for me. It's going to be Josiah Gray, uh, mostly because of the upside. Um, young righty, um, he's got potential to be uh, a solid number two guy for you know a, a really good club, and, and then a number one on a, a club like this who doesn't really have a true ace. Um, I, I think he's a solid
2: guy, and uh, I expect a big year from him. I... I was between him and who I'm going with, uh, but I think I just like Trevor Williams a little bit more, you know, the new addition from the Mets. He's He's got a pretty good breaking ball, uh, and his fastball's got some movement on it as well, so lots of strikeout potential there. And just with Josiah and Cade Cavalli, who was kind of their other young guy that's going to be in the rotation, both of them have had some injury issues, and so kind of seeing how they bounce back from that as well as continue developing. I just wasn't sure how to feel about them yet.
1: Okay, so we're all three going with a different uh player here. <clears throat> I'm actually going with Mackenzie Gore. Uh, He was a first-rounder in 2017 out of high school, and he actually came over to the Nationals from the Padres last year in the Juan Soto deal, him and C.J. Abrams, and a bunch of other guys as well. But he got the call last year uh, with the Padres. So it was his first full year up. He did go four and four, four and a half ERA. He started 16 games, uh, 72 strikeouts in 70 innings. He's a big lefty. And uh, I think the main thing for him is just he's got a very unique delivery. And his issue, I think, has been command mostly. And. He's got, you know, a lot of moving parts in his, in his windup and he goes like over the head, big leg kick. Uh, just if he can hone in the accuracy and, and throw more strikes, I think he's got a chance to be the number one on this team, but I was, yeah, I like, I like the picks that you guys went with as well. Uh, rookie of the year for this team. We, we'll probably have a chance to see a few come up for the, for the nationals this year, just because of the position that they'll be in towards the end of the year. Uh, Connor, rookie of the year for the Nationals, who are you going with?
2: I'm going to go with Thad Ward. Uh, He's a a relief pitcher, and kind of like we talked about a little bit in the AL West, he was a rule of five pick for them, so he's going to have to be on the roster all season long. Uh, He's had a a decent minor league start so far to his career, Uh, pitched pretty good down there, but he's, he's going to be on the roster, we know and they're going to have to use them because they don't really have a whole lot else with a few of their guys like uh, Sean Doolittle being injured.
0: Uh, to me, it is uh, a start- starting pitcher for them. Uh, when you mentioned Cade Cavalli, uh, I really like his uh, one-two punch with his fastball on his curve. It's pretty good, and uh, the changeup is also no joke. So um, I-, I really like what he could possibly uh do he came up and threw like four innings last year in the bigs and averaged almost 96 miles an hour uh on his fastball sitting around like 95 and a half which is a plus fastball i guess it's closer to average these days but uh i i think he's gonna get a. I mean he's gonna start uh get a crack at the starting rotation and uh we'll see i, I think he's i like his shot the most with uh being a starter
1: Yeah, also I'm on the same uh, thought path as you. I like K. Cavalli this year. Uh, Basically for all the same reasons that you said. (laughs) I mean, uh, he's a really good prospect, and we did see him get a little bit of action last year, but like you said, only 4.1 innings. So not a big sample size, but he should be a guy that they likely rely on pretty heavily. Uh, Trade deadline talk now. One last thing to uh, finish up the Nationals. When it comes time at the trade deadline, are these guys buyers or sellers?
2: I think they're going to be selling. and just looking at a, a full rebuild, trying to get whatever they can to add some more, you know, younger prospects and younger talent onto this team.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple guys I like for them to get rid of would be Jamer Candelario and Dickerson, who are both um, one-year deals. Um, Dickerson, a real nice power bat lefty for somebody who needs that uh, later in the year. I think there's a team in division that could potentially uh, want that. So that, that could be interesting. Um, And then uh, Candelario solid third baseman. He's been in Detroit and um, a team could come knocking, looking for him. Nice veteran. I think he's a switch hitter as well. So like that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you guys. Yeah. Jamer's a switch hitter. Um, Definitely a trade candidate for this year. Uh, along with Dickerson. Um, Yeah, I think they'll be sellers. I don't think they'll have anything, any reason to be a buyer. Uh, So for that reason, yeah, stack the talent and uh, look ahead to 2026
0: and you might be relevant by then. Yeah. So uh, let's get on moving on to the uh, I don't want to call them a bottom dweller because they are a good team. Like this is a third place team when you look at their roster. Unfortunately, they're just in a stacked division, but uh, it's the Marlins. Um, when you look at, at what they did in the offseason, it was some interesting moves, but I think some good ones. They uh, they lost a few guys, Brian Anderson, J.J. Baudet, Richard Blyer, Pablo Lopez in that big trade, uh, Mickey Rojas, Eliezer Hernandez, and Lewin Diaz. Uh, they added some veterans in uh, Yuli Gurriel and Jose Iglesias and Johnny Cueto and Gene Segura and Mark Barnes, and then they got uh, the guy in the trade, Luis Arise. So a whole lot of veterans, uh, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you're competing against the other guys in this division, but they're all pretty good players. Iglesias and Griel are both on minor league deals because they they have some pretty good competition at those positions.
2: Um, So we'll see. What do you guys think about their offseason? Yeah, I, w- I was impressed with some of the guys that they got. And they have a lot of young talent already that's just right to be developed. And I think getting some of these older veterans in there behind them to to help shape them, you know, guys that have been in the league for a while are solid. They know they can trot out there to, you know, give their guys, their younger guys a little break here and there and, you know, have a chance to be successful still. So I, I like it a lot what they did a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree. I uh, love the Luis Araiz get. One of the better hitters in the game. Uh, I think losing Pablo Lopez isn't a huge deal because I do have such a deep farm when it comes to pitching uh, talent. So, uh, yeah, and then adding a guy like Johnny Cueto and then a veteran up the middle like Gene Segura can never hurt.
2: So I think actually Gene's have, actually to Gene is playing, playing third. third. Yes where he's played only 24 times and all of them were in 2020. I was looking at that earlier. Um, there, He could
0: potentially, I mean, he, he will definitely get some time at shortstop. At least I think so. They do have Joey Wendell and um, I mean, Jose Iglesias used to be a great shortstop uh, and uh, John Birdie and John Birdie. So, they have quite a few guys who can all play shortstop. None of them are who you necessarily want playing shortstop for your club. Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, I don't dislike Joey Wendell. I think he's fine. Joey Wendell just always competes, man. He does.
1: Love the, the no batting gloves.
0: Yeah, he is a no batting gloves guy. I respect it. So, um for wins like what do you think their like range of outcomes
2: is I think this is a team that could kind of be all over the map uh I do have them slated to probably win at least 70 games I think they'll be at least one better than they were last year this is just a, an all around slightly better roster in my opinion some of the younger guys have had a bit more time to develop and they added a few more bats that I like so i've got them between like 70 and you know, eighty-four if they really overperform this season.
1: Eighty-four wins?
2: Mm-hmm. I, oh, wow. I think that's that's like a top of the line if they really overperform and steal a few from, you know, like the Phillies and met some Braves that they that didn't last year.
1: Yeah. Um projecting them right now, so they were they won a nice sixty-nine games last year. And I think they're probably around 73 wins this year. Uh, I guess my ceiling for them would be around 76, 77. I don't see them going much higher than kind of where I'm predicting them to go just because of the division that they play in. And I just don't know about the offense as a whole. Uh, and then, if worst case scenario, you know, I see them around 67, 66 uh, wins. So not a huge range for them for me, but I think they're definitely a solid team, like you said, Austin, if they aren't in the NL East.
0: Yeah, I'm right between y'all my range. I've got their minimum at 68 and their maximum at 78. So I'm pretty, pretty solid there in between you guys. Uh, but let's get into the more interesting talk. This MVP could go to, I think, one of two players. I want to hear who you guys have before I give mine.
2: I really like Jazz Chisholm. Uh, I think that he's going to be their MVP. He had a, a shortened season last year; he only played in sixty games. But before he got injured, you know, he had a three twenty or two fifty four average. Uh, you know, fourteen homers in just those sixteen or sixty games, uh, and I think getting the full season, he moved to center field. Super athletic guy out there. I think he's going to make a big impact on this team.
1: Yeah, and cover athlete of MLB The Show, 24. Yes, he is. Um, I'm going a different direction. I am going with uh, Luis Arise. I just think he's one of the most complete hitters in baseball. Uh, Doesn't really have a ton of power, but he puts the bat on the ball consistently. Um, And he's also very uh, versatile in the field as well. He can play several... Uh, spots in the infield and you could probably even throw him in a corner outfield spot and uh, he'd be fine so I think him coming in this year uh, I think him or he will be the MVP of the violence this year
0: so I agree with one of you Um, like I said it's between two guys and you guys nailed who it is between Uh, for me it is Luis or I think Jazz Chisholm is the better player but He's transitioning to center field, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, he's moving to the outfield. How hard can that be? Playing outfield at the big league level is incredibly difficult. Playing center field in Marlins Park, Lone Depot, is tough. That That's a big outfield out there. Uh, luckily, you don't have to worry about that gaunting statue behind you <laughs> all the time now that's been taken down but uh still I, I just think he's going to struggle this year transitioning to the outfield playing a position he's never pl- uh played before in his professional career uh I I just I see it being a slight down year for him and uh that just vaults Luis Arise, who like Billy said is just a incredible bat to ball guy one of the best bat to ball guys in the league i expect him to bat 310 plus
2: moving on to the cy young i think this is a super easy pick for this team one of the best pitchers in baseball right now sandy alcantara i mean just an absolute beast on the mound and he he could win the cy young for the league this year i mean he did last year so what's stopping him from doing it again i i could easily see a repeat
1: yeah, I mean, he's a dominant pitcher, 2-2 a sub-1 whip. Struck out over 200 guys last year, back-to-back years, actually, uh, striking out 200-plus. So he's the clear Cy Young for this team.
0: So uh, on to a more difficult discussion. When you're talking rookies for the Marlins, um, there's not too many guys. Uh, I'll just go ahead and give you my pick. It is Jake Eater or Eder. I'm I'm not really sure if, if it's pronounced Eater or Eder. Let's go with Eater. I like Eater. I all I also like Eater. Um he's currently on their injured list. Um is or he had Tommy John. He's supposedly kind of on his way back. Um but he's a lefty who throws absolute gas with a wipeout slider like just an absolute dominating pitch that slider is going to play in the bigs with no problem uh he's got to work on his command he needs to get his change up right he's basically spencer strider a left-handed spencer strider um obviously spencer strider is incredible and he's like already looked at as one of the best pitchers in the game i think i think jake could do this um But, you know, not everybody's going to immediately just get there like Strider did. It could take him a while. Um, I don't even think he's played any above double A yet in his career. So we'll see. The the talent's there, though, man. I'm telling you, that guy, that one-two combo fastball slider
2: plays. I'm I'm going with a position player. Uh, I like Jordan Groshans a lot. And with Gene Segura being moved over to third, not playing a whole lot there. I could see him definitely getting up there, getting some at bats. Uh, a plus fielder defensively in the few games that he did play for the Marlins uh, was just, you know, very solid over there on the hot corner. And, you know, he also hit 262 in just a few games. So I, I think he's got a, a good bat. He'll, you know, need to develop a little bit more, but I think he's going to be uh, a platoon guy that'll work his way into a more consistent role in the lineup this season.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I almost went with Jordan Groshans. And, uh, I am going with actually another pitcher who is only 19 right now, but has more potential than a lot of prospects. And that's Yuri Perez, six, eight guy. I mean, he's got all the tools that you want and he's a strikeout machine in the minors. Um, I think he gets the call this year. It is a pretty good rotation, so I'm not sure exactly when he could get that call, but I think when he does, I think it is this year. But when he does, I think he's going to be, you know, very effective at a big league level, and uh, excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It is one of those two guys between one uh one of the guys we picked, uh for who's going to be there like either fifth starter or one of their like big guys out of the bullpen to come eat some innings. Um I do like Yuri Perez a lot, but he's just really young and I know T, uh TJ, you know, is, is stressful for Eater but uh I do think he will uh get the call up and, and I think his pitches lay right now more so than Perez does who's like, like you said only 19 years old. Like let's not rush him. Uh, let's let him develop, and I think Eater's a guy who's already twenty-four. I think you can send him up and and test the waters for him. Uh, so let's move on to uh, do you guys have them as buyers or sellers come trade deadline? For me, it's kind of neither. I really like where they're at. They don't really have anybody who I think is like jumping out to me that should be moved uh so i've got them just kind
2: of holding where they're at and not making too many moves that's where i'm at austin like you said this team talked about and they've got you know the young guys that can step up and even the the veterans that they have you know they they really need to keep those guys where they have them so I, they're not going to make much moves in the off- or during the trade deadline Yeah,
1: I don't see a whole lot of action from them either. Uh they have a ton of pitching depth in their farm system. And they just don't have a ton of guys that are ready to come up immediately. Um so I think, you know, trading away a guy like Jacob Stallings at catcher or, you know, I don't know, some other guys. I guess Johnny Cueto and Gene Segura too, their offseason additions, uh, could be possible trade candidates if I see anything I see them being slightly more towards the buyer or the seller um stage but I don't expect any splash moves from them
0: all right so uh let's go on go ahead and move on to uh the big three. Last year the, the Philadelphia Phillies were the third place team, so we'll talk about them first. Uh Billy, why don't you go ahead and give us a rundown uh of what the Phillies did this offseason?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> definitely lost some pitching. Uh Corey Kniebel, Noah Syndergaard, Brad Hand, David Robinson, Kyle Gibson, and Zach Eflin all were lost in free agency. Um so a lot of arms that left, but no huge, big impact arms. I think, I guess, Brad Hand uh, would be probably the biggest loss out of that group. And then you also lost you know, Gene Segura, who was a staple in that lineup for a long time. Matt Veerling, another guy that left. But then you bring in Trey Turner, and it makes all that hurt a lot less. <laughs> so Trey Turner coming in, some other guys, Taiwan Walker, Craig Kimbrell, is coming over Josh Harrison, who I've always loved, Gregory Soto, big power lefty coming out of the pen, and Jake Cave. Uh, so I really like what they did this offseason. I think the losses that they did suffer, even in the pitching department, were all kind of you know negated by that trade Turner move. Huge contract, I think it was 13 years, I believe. And then you get some other solid arms, Taiwan Walker, a good starter who we saw for the Mets for the past few years. And then Craig Kimbrell, who has you know struggled a little bit the past few years. He's towards the end of his career, but he can definitely still produce some innings. And then Gregory Soto, who uh, comes over from the Tigers. So I don't hate what they replaced their losses with, especially uh, on the pitching department. And then Trey Turner just is the icing on top.
2: Yeah, you nailed it, Billy. That that Trey Turner signing made all the difference you know, as soon as I did that the Phillies fans were able to kind of relax a little bit after losing all those pieces. And then, you know, adding those two big arms out of the bullpen, you know, Craig Kimball, like you said, he he has been aging. He has been struggling some, but Greg Soto, I mean, he he's been crushing it out of the pen as a reliever closer type situation guy. And, you know, he he comes in and he he just cleans out at the end of the game. So that, that'll be big to have at the end of games when they're, playing close because, I mean, they're they're going to have a lot of close games where he's going to need to come in clutch against, you know, Mets and Braves, who we'll, we'll get it to in a second. But I, I've got this team, and, I mean, at the top of the line, I, I think they could win, you know, 95 games. It's a really well-built roster all the way through. And I think low, low end for this team would be, you know, 83, 84 wins. I'm a little
0: more optimistic for you than you. Uh, I really like what they did. Trey Turner is an MVP candidate. Uh, Bryce Harper's recovering from Tommy John, but he's still going to be able to hit and DH. Uh, I think he's going to miss a little bit of time, but um, he'll be back eventually. And then their their lineup is just really nasty. Their one through five are all great hitters. Uh, when you get down to like their six, seven, eight, nine, it's a little questionable. Uh, but I those those top those big hitters are are really all you really care about. Um, and then you know once. Once uh Harper is in the lineup, that's just, yeah, it's going to be tough, tough, tough lineup to top, but we got two other teams in this division that might've done it. Uh, I really like their starting rotation. Now Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are about the best one, two combo in baseball um, Tylen Walker and Ranger Suarez kind of competing for that three, four spot. Uh, and then I guess Bailey falter would be, Bailey Falter would be their uh, fifth starter, but I think there could be a rookie come up at some point and uh, and take his position. Uh, for my min and max, like I said, I'm a little more lofty on you than you. Uh, I think they could reach triple-digit wins. I think their max would be 100 wins and their minimum, I, I don't see them doing any worse than 87.
1: I really like this team. I just don't see them getting to a hundred wins. I see them right around the ninety-five mark, uh, if everything you know goes correctly, barring any injuries, things like that. Uh, bottom of the line, I could see them at eighty-six wins, because I mean, last year obviously different team. They're eighty-seven. I do think they improved, but it's a tough division, and you know you got a lot of guys that you're relying on every day that I don't have the most faith in. Um, they do have all the talent, but uh, there's a couple guys on this roster that I just don't love. Like, I don't know. I feel a little more confident in some other rosters as far as a couple certain players. Um, But yeah, I think this team overall is, is a really good team. The MVP discussion for this team is an interesting one. So, Connor, starting us off, MVP for the Phillies this season, who
2: do you got? Just because Bryce Harper is going to be hurt for a while and not at full speed, I think that we're going to have to give it to Trey Turner, in my opinion. I mean, just uh, an overall league MVP candidate anyway. Uh, A truly excellent player defensively, offensively. So much speed that he offers to the team. I I think that his utility is going to give him a slight edge. Just while Bryce Harper is, you know, recovering a little bit and not at one hundred percent.
0: Uh, yeah, I just agree with everything you said there. That's my pick for all the same reasoning. <laughs> I mean, me too. <laughs> like, yeah, I,
1: I like Trey this year to, uh to win it, going into his age thirty year. Uh, pitching wise, like Austin said, two studs. Uh, leading us off, then you got two solid guys behind him as well. But obviously, we're talking Cy Young here. So I think you're down to those two guys, uh, with Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler, Austin, since you, uh, started to bring it up, uh, when you started talking about the Phillies, why don't you go ahead and let us know who your pick is.
0: For me, it is Nola. Um, I know Wheeler has been the guy over the past couple of years, but I really, really liked what Nola did last season. I think he's potentially the most underrated pitcher in all of baseball, uh, I I think he's going to have more innings and a lower FIP. And uh, that's, those are the two stats for me as uh, like when I'm looking for Cy Young, I want like a low FIP most innings because innings equals outs. And I think, I mean, Wheeler's a better strikeout guy, which does factor, but uh, with more innings and a lower
2: FIP than I'm projecting, projecting for Nola, I got to take him. Yeah. I'm, like you said, Austin Wheeler is a strikeout guy. The league is kind of moving in that direction. Uh So that's why I'm, I'm picking him over Nola.
1: I'm also on the Zach Wheeler train. I think, you know, he's just a workhorse of a pitcher. Sub two, eight, five ERA last year. Um He did miss a little bit of time, but still 163 strikeouts, and 155 innings pitched and right around a one whip. Uh, I mean, it's really a toss-up between these two. I'm just going to go wheelie, though. Yeah, I don't think
0: that's a wrong pick. Yeah. No. Unless you go with someone not named. <laughs> yeah, unless you go with, like, Brady yeah.
1: Falter or somebody like that. <laughs> but, um,
0: yeah. You could even talk me into, like, Taiwan Walker having just a ballistic season for no reason. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, so uh, some more interesting talk for this team. Rookie of the year, as Austin alluded to, we may see uh a, a rookie pitcher or two come up this year. Uh, for the Phillies. Um, but also, you know, some other guys to look out for. So, Connor, as far as rookie of the year goes for the Phillies, which way are you leaning?
2: Yeah, so I was really leaning Andrew Painter. Uh, I just love what he's been doing. You know, his first game in spring training was uh, really good. You know, he was topping out at, you know, I think 99 miles an hour on his fastball. Just a, a really good pitcher. But that UCL sprain that he just got diagnosed with, I believe that was earlier today, uh, kind of worries me. I know that they're only going to sit him out for a couple weeks is what they're saying right now. But, uh, you know, if he comes back strong from that, I think that he's got a good opportunity to lock up that fifth spot in the rotation, uh, which is kind of their main question mark in, in my eyes. And, you know, I think that he's got a good chance to, to be their rookie of the year.
0: yeah i mean if if he's healthy it's automatically him but that bombshell that literally dropped today is tough um if i had to pick another guy and i will just to say like you know imagine an Oral world where painter has tj or something uh i'll go with johan rojas who is an outfielder um Kind of a smaller or like a thinner guy, a, you know, a, a speed demon basically, who is extremely fast and has potential to play a really great center field. I know Brandon Marsh is out there now and, and they like Brandon Marsh, but um I mean Johan Rojas has the potential uh to, to go out and just be one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. Um he doesn't have much pop, uh, but I think he has potential to get there. Uh, you know, if he if he puts on a little weight, he is still young and he's only been through double A so far. So it would be a jump. But I mean, Painter's also been through double A. So uh, they they really have a lack of MLB ready talent. They're all guys who are still a year or two away. Uh, and so those are the two guys for me. Yeah,
1: so. Before, you know, today, it was clear cut Andrew Painter. Like Austin said, just a big power righty, 6'7". He's only been through one year of pro ball, but he's just a, a dominant pitcher in the minors so far. They got another big righty uh, in their farm system. Is at the same stage in his career as Andrew Painter and Mick Abel, who I think they're a little slower on than Andrew Painter. Uh, he's a little older than Andrew Painter as well. But Austin, yeah, I really like the Johan Rojas pick. I think their one week spot is their defensive outfield. Uh, so I think he's a guy that could come in and make an impact. Um you know, he's twenty two, so he's probably getting ready to to take that next step. And I could see him uh coming up at some point because you know, you got a guy like Nick Castellanos out there. Um and then possibly even Kyle Schwarber in the other corner spot. That's some liability. Uh, You need a little more speed in that
0: outfield. Yeah, And when Harbour comes back, he is an upgrade over either of those two, but he's not like a plus defender or anything at this point in his career.
1: Right, and we're not sure how long exactly they're going to wait to put him back in the field after.
0: I mean, yeah, with the contract he's got, you just leave him at DH all year if I'm the Phillies.
2: And with his bat, I mean, you may exactly. as well just leave him at DH. Don't don't risk it. So, um, I guess uh,
0: when it comes to their trade deadline, where do y'all see uh, the moves that they're going to be making? Uh, I'm assuming I've got them as buyers. Do y'all agree?
2: I 100% yes, agree. 100 yeah. Uh, just with, you know, I think I saw that Suarez also might have a bit of an injury. That they're looking into right now. So I could see them maybe going and getting another strong, you know, opening arm. But I, I don't see the need for really any more bats to be added to this lineup.
1: Yeah, so I guess the one spot I could see them upgrading outside of relief pitching. Um uh, well, I guess I could see two spots. Maybe a corner outfielder if things aren't going well uh, for Nick Castellanos this year. Uh but also second base is an interesting spot as well. Second base and third base also. Alec Bohm and and Bryson Stott, you know, they've got a lot of potential. They just haven't put it all together yet. They're very, very young. So I think they'll take a, a wait and see approach with those guys. But Alec Boehm's been up for a few years now. So if he has a down year, I could see them possibly looking to upgrade at the third base position. Um I don't really see that happening. Uh, But I think a more realistic scenario would be maybe adding a corner outfielder or a relief pitcher.
0: I really like their bullpen. I think it's a really strong one if everybody, you know, is right. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to close for them. They've got four guys who all have closing experience with Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado. They're two like reigning guys from last year. And then Craig Kimbrell, who is one of the best closers of the generation. Obviously, he's 35 now, so he's not at that point in his career anymore. But, I mean, still a guy. And uh, Gregory Soto, who closed games for um, Detroit and has kind of wavered. But, I mean, when he's on, he's disgusting. So, uh, I don't know if they necessarily need uh, bullpen arms, unless like Kimbrel and Soto are just not playing right. Um, and then you got to shout out, Nick Nelson, uh, Panama City boy, who's in their bullpen. Uh, keep holding it down, Nick. Um, uh, and I like what you said about uh Bryson Stott and Alec Boehm. I do think those are two guys who are kind of going to be on the chopping block for them this year. They really need to perform. Uh, Castellanos needs to perform. Um. They've got Derek Hall, who's probably going to be their DH until Bryce Harper's back. Um, not the biggest fan of his. So I definitely could see them going and getting a bat as well. Uh, but I really like their their bullpen and their starting four. I could see them going and get a fifth guy if Painter isn't ready. Because so that's kind of where I'm at on Philly. What's crazy, we're saying
1: if Painter isn't ready and he's 19, yeah. 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 He's had one full year Pro Bowl. Yeah. He, I mean, the talent level so that he's shown has been incredible, though. Another Gator that never made it to campus that <laughs>
0: makes me cry every day thinking about it. Overall, it's kind of a wash depending on how much DeGrom pitches and how good Kodai Singa looks in the MLB. What are your guys' thoughts and uh, potential records for them?
2: I like them to reach, you know, top of the line. I think they could go even higher than they did last year, getting around that 104-105 mark. Uh, like you said, nothing really moved the needle a whole lot in terms of losses, factoring in that, you know, DeGrom did not pitch that much for them. Uh, and also with the two arms that they uh, they have now in uh, Scherzer and Verlander. So, I mean, the both of those are are. Guys that, you know, are just going to come in and absolutely dominate, especially Verlander, who just had an, an incredible season down in Houston. Uh But, you know, 104 wins, I think, is very doable for this team. And then bottom of the line, I don't see them really losing more than, you know, 92 games. And it's just a, a really good lineup right here that they've got.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm- – Pretty close to where you're at, it, Connor. I've got them like at 103 and 94. Uh, as far as wins high and low, uh, for this squad, they could definitely push the envelope a little higher though.
2: Uh,
0: I'm a little bit lower than you guys. I think that's because I'm higher on the Phillies. Uh, I think their worst case scenario, I could see them winning 89 games. Uh, best case scenario, one hundred and three. I, I I really don't. I'm not super like confident they're gonna repeat and and win one hundred and one. But I definitely think it's in the cards. Um, I didn't mention Justin Verlander for some reason. Uh, I think I just kind of skipped past that one. Uh, but now's a good enough time to talk about him. Uh, Justin Verlander, uh, the reigning Cy Young American League Cy Young uh, Award winner is uh now on the Mets. So that puts both reigning Cy Young award winners in the NL East, Mm -hmm. which is um, terrifying to say the least. Is Verlander an upgrade over DeGrom for y'all? Because like, I, I think, I mean, when they're both right, I'd rather have DeGrom, but health wise,
2: I mean, Verlander pitched all season last year. Yeah, and for Olander, to my knowledge, off the top of my head, I can't really remember him ever dealing with a whole lot of injuries. You know, even though he this will be his, what, age 40, age 41 season. I mean, I he, he's had almost no fall off at all. So, I mean, I with all that factored in and taken into account, I think I w- would count him as a bit of an upgrade, just because you know he's going to be up there, he's going to be able to pitch for you. Um. Well,
0: Verlander did miss the entire 2021 season with injury, but he came back the next year and just dominated with a 175 ERA in like 175 innings. So I'll take that. You know, if you have to miss a season to get that afterwards, and that's, that's the year after a major injury, a year removed, he could be better. But as you said, he's 40 years old this season. At what point
2: does he start to hit a wall? i think for this season i'd rather go with verlander but in the coming years DeGrom will probably be the right answer
1: the fastball still plays for jv that's the thing man um you know outside of the 2021 season he's really been a workhorse um when i thought he went to houston you know i was like guys oh, he's you know gonna start declining here soon he's getting you know close to 35 things like that and he really put his foot on the gas and just stepped it up, honestly. I mean, there wasn't really any drop-off between his time in Detroit and then his time in Houston. So this season, I agree, I would rather have Justin Verlander again. We haven't seen the Grom, you know, really go out consistently and pitch for a year and a half, two years. So uh, I
0: just think I would rather have JV right now. Yeah, that that that's a tough question. Um. So since we're talking about pitchers in Verlander, let's do Cy Young first here.
2: Do y'all think it's going to be Verlander? I do. Uh, and that's because I mean I, I have no reason to assume that he's going to drop off any from what he was last year. Uh, there's, you know, no injury talk with him, no tightness, no soreness, nothing coming out. He's looked good. So far, and his minimal innings in spring training, I, mean, I no reason for him to fall off I, until he shows us otherwise. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be a Cy Young candidate for this team and for you know the National League. I don't
1: know, man. <laughs> it's like <laughs> an impossible question. Yeah, uh, talk about
0: a one-two punch. The Phillies have this one is yeah.
1: I'm just going to go with Mad Max. <laughs> I mean, I have no good reasoning to go with one over the other. Um, yeah, I'm just
2: going to go with Max Scherzer just because. I'm also going Max. Any reasoning or just because?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, but there's also my nude. I think
2: it's more of just kind of a gut feeling. I think that kind of we saw it a little bit so far that he used the pitch clock to his advantage. So, I mean, he's one that you're really going to have to watch out for. I just – I can't take anything away from JV. He's just been so dominant. Now, moving on now, Billy, who you got for MVP on this Mets team?
1: So, for me, this comes down to two guys. Uh, There's also – Sneaky pick in here. I want to see if either of you pick that player that I'm thinking of. Uh, But I'm I'm going to go with my boy, the polar bear dude, Pete Alonzo. Last year, you know, 40 homers, 130 RBIs, uh, five stolen bases, I might add. He's a nimble polar bear. Um, And then almost a 150 OPS plus. I think, you know, statistically, he is the best run producer in the game right now. Or he was last season, so uh, he anchors that lineup, and I'm gonna go with Pete Alonso.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I I I do agree that it is Pete, uh, simply because this is a team that does not hit home runs as their main source of of manufacturing runs. They are a contact team as a whole, and Pete is that one kind of outlier, and I think they need that. I think that is what is going to vault them, uh, up above, uh, you know, a team and and late in, late in games sometimes is, sometimes you just need a bomb and uh, I expect him at least you know thirty five minimum. I don't think we're gonna see him go for 50, 53, I think is what he did in his rookie season. I don't,
2: I'm not projecting that, but I can see him having forty five home runs easily. Yeah, uh, for all the reasons you guys said, as well as the fact that in his four years in the bigs, he's played in 97% of the Mets games over that time span. So, I mean, just consistent in the roster day in and day out. You always know you can count on him. And just that big presence that he brings to this lineup is just untouchable. Yeah. Billy, who was your sneaky pick?
1: So, obviously, the other – you know, obvious choice would have been Francisco Lindor, who had a huge bounce back here last year. Um, but my sneaky pick is Jeff McNeil. I think he brings a lot to this lineup, uh, hitting and lead off, and, uh, and plays a good defense. So, I mean, I, I'm really high on Jeff McNeil. I really like uh, what he's able to bring for this team. So I think he, you know, was my, you know, sneaky pick. I really expected Austin to maybe – get <laughs> you know, that Ralph, but
0: he didn't. So uh, no, I I do I agree with you. I I really love Jeff yeah. McNeil. He's uh when it comes to like utility guys in baseball, he's
2: uh definitely in that top tier. Yeah, I mean he can play just about any position on the field, which is so helpful to any team that he's on. So oh. uh,
1: moving on to rookie of the year for this team, Austin, you made a comment a little earlier regarding Kodai Senga. So is that who you're going with? I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, when you look at who they've got, I think he just kind of stands out. Uh, mostly due to opportunity, he's probably gonna slot in as their number three, uh, pitcher, like opening day. Uh, and I don't, there's just no other rookies that are getting that sort of uh, uh
2: opportunity and on this team. Yeah, and not only that, in his 11 seasons over in the uh, MPB. He's got a 2.42 career ERA. I mean, just uh, absolutely dominant over there. And, you know, 11 seasons of of time to develop, he's going to be able to slot in and probably be just effective from day one, I would imagine.
1: So I'm actually going with a different player. I'm going with Francisco Alvarez. Saw him a little bit last year. but Huge power. I mean... He's a catcher 5'10" 235. I mean that's what you want a catcher really. That's like a bigger Alejandro Kirk. Um but he's got huge power. His defense is average. So if he can be an average defender uh and still hit tanks, I think he could go for, you know, 25 plus home run season, you know, hopefully surpassing that 30 mark. And I think it's the weakest position uh, offensively uh, on their team. And also, as you said, adds more power to this lineup.
0: My biggest thing with him is uh, Omar Narvaez is, is going to get some work, uh, like yeah. quality time at a catcher. I expect him and Alvarez to kind of do a split duty and uh, potentially – uh alvarez is a righty him and like vogelbach could kind of switch like platoon at dh as well if alvarez is hitting well but um i'll go ahead and grab the stats just so i'm i am talking with those behind me but he he did not do great when he came up last year Yeah. Yeah. uh let's see he played he only played five games in his 14 at bats um he only hit one sixty-seven. So yeah, there, there's that. But it's a really small sample size. Mm-hmm. He has done well in um the minors in AAA last year. Uh he had 200 plate appearances, 26% K rate, which isn't great. But when you're also walking 17% of the time, you can live with that. And uh I mean, really yeah you come for the power. That's that's what that's what his uh that's what you're writing all about. When it comes to Francisco Alvarez,
2: yeah, definitely. But uh, moving on a little bit more, uh, what do you guys expect them to do in free agency? I, you know, fully expect this team to be, you know, looking the trade to buy. deadline. You mean? Yeah. Thank you, Austin. the The trade deadline. Uh, I, I fully expect to see this team looking to buy, and where I've got them looking to add is that outfield. Uh, I, I like, you know, Brandon Nemo and Starlin Marte, but I don't like the fact that both those guys have had a lot of trouble staying on the field in their career. And so I could look to see them maybe adding a, another, you know, big bat out there in the outfield. If one becomes available.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree. You also got Mark can out there. Uh, he didn't have a terrible season last year either, Starling Marte, getting a little older as well. And uh, so I could see, you know, corner outfield guy possibly being a move for them. And uh, other than that, man, this lineup's really solid. I guess the only other place you really could go is, you know, maybe if the bullpen is underwhelming or, you know, a fourth starter, if, you know, Cookie Carrasco and, Jose, Jose Quintana, you know, aren't really pulling their weight. Uh, that's kind of where I would look for this team.
0: Yeah, um, I want for them, I don't want for them, but the Mets fans should want um, another outfielder who has a little bit more, um, like, get on base, kind of. I mean, Brandon Nimmo is uh really solid. I think you're happy with him if he's healthy. He's I mean center field as a whole is an extremely weak position in baseball. Um a lot of people don't realize it, but it's most of the the best outfielders you think of are corner outfielders. Um and the ones who are really good defenders don't necessarily hit that well and vice versa the ones who hit great don't necessarily defend well. Brandon Nemo is one of those guys who you're happy with because he does both at and above average level, uh, but Marte is on the wrong side of 34, uh, as will along with Mark Canna, and I think they're both declining in terms of their talents. Uh, Mark Canna walks a good bit, but he I can't remember, he has extreme splits. I think he rakes lefties and then doesn't hit that well against righties. He is a righty, he might have reverse splits, uh, but I know, or if, I know he. You know, is kind of one of those uh, guys who the platoons, and I, I would really like to see them go get a guy to uh, pa- pair along with Nemo out there in that outfield to maybe either split time with Canna or uh, completely replace either Marte or Canna if one of them's having a down year.
2: Yeah. So now moving into our last team, our. Uh... Personally, throughout this, uh, I know the three of us are our favorite team in this division by by a lot. And uh, Austin, since they are your favorite, we've got the uh, the reigning NL East champion Braves going in. How they do this off season?
0: Well, uh, the Kings of the East did had an interesting uh, off season, to say the least. Um, Dansby Swanson was obviously the biggest loss left in free agency to the Cubs. But uh, we'll talk about subtractions before I get to the big trade. So uh, Jake Odorizzi, William Contreras, who was part of the trade, uh, Guillermo Radia, Kenley Jansen, Darren O'Day, who retired. Uh, I don't think, I think we like released him or didn't resign him before he retired, but that's doesn't really mean anything. Robbie Grossman, Luke Jackson, and Adam Duvall are the other names who are not back to the Braves. And then uh, the big trade, we got Sean Murphy, uh to come be our 1A catcher along with Travis Darno, And then uh they also added Jordan Luplo, Nick Anderson, Lucas Litge, Joe Jimenez, Colby Allard, Sam Hilliard, and Eli White. I'll let y'all I'll let y'all talk for a little bit. Go ahead. What do you guys think?
2: I, I like this offseason. They had a lot. Uh the, obviously, the big one is losing Dansby Swanson. That is going to be a, a pretty big hole to fill over there at shortstop. He was so good for this team. Had, had just a great season last year. But, I mean, with everything else, you know, with Acuna coming back, full season healthy, you know, the emergence of, you know, guys like Michael Harris and just other stuff, I this team is still in a great position. You know, that Sean Murphy trade obviously going to help out a lot. Uh, but I've got it as a net positive overall. I mean, a, a lot of those guys that you lost, especially, you know, in the rotation in the bullpen, they have been replaced for the most part by other guys that, like you said, you've either brought up and have been successful and you've locked down or, you know, just added a few guys back, you know, Nick Anderson coming in to replace some of those bullpen guys. It, it's a net positive, And this is easily a team that could go out again and, I, I've got them, you know, top end. I, I think they could go as many as 106 wins. And I don't see them losing any more than 95 games. I mean, just a, a really good, complete roster here.
1: Yeah, I've got them top end, 105. Uh, bottom end, 94. Um, I think just with this team overall, you know, obviously losing – the defense and the hitting of Danzy Swanson is is huge. um, But you're bringing back Ozzie Albies. You also got Ronald Acuna coming back after, you know, the first year after he tore his ACL. Uh, wasn't 100%. He admitted that. Uh, So the second year Michael Harris, the second year uh, Spencer Strider, and then you add in Sean Murphy along with Darno out there. Eddie Rosario out and left Austin Riley. I just love what this team has. They're a complete team, and uh, that's you know, I think they're in for another crown in the NL East this year.
0: Okay, so I'll 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 talk a little bit more about the the lineup. Uh, I love everything you guys said. Uh, Eddie Rosario. Uh, if you don't know, he stunk last year to start the season. Like stunk stunk uh and it it was in he heard rumblings in training camp about like he's swinging and missing on like underhand front toss and like rosario is like a, a hit guy like he's a contact hitter um you don't expect that he's a guy you expect to put good wood on the ball when he swings the bat especially off front toss um and then it came out early in the season that he went to an optometrist and uh, he needed laser eye surgery. Um, and then he came back from laser eye surgery, still wasn't right. He was experimenting with different contacts. Uh, but it's all figured out now. He hasn't had the best spring training, but he's still shaking off some rust. Uh, and the word from all the the uh coaches and stuff is that uh he is like performing well. You know, behind the curtains and MVP and stuff like that. So. I expect Eddie Rosario to take us another step back and and really lock down that outfield with Acuna, Harris, and Rosario. Uh, and then it comes to DH with Marcelo Zuna. Um, I would love nothing more than Marcelo Zuna to be out of baseball entirely, but uh, we have him under contract. He's clear to play again. Um, when he's right, he's a really really nice power hitter. I don't. I'm not confident in him. I think definitely he's our 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 weakest link uh, if Vaughn Grissom is who we think he is. The Braves clearly think he is or they wouldn't have let Dansby go. Uh, he's not the best defensively. He never projected as a big league shortstop. He was projected as a second baseman making it uh, when he you know reached the bigs, but he's played it before uh and he's worked a lot with Ron Washington in the off season to become the best shortstop that he can be right now still as a 22 year old he will develop some uh and worst thing worst comes to worst Orlando Arcia is playing shortstop for us who I mean that's that's great i'm super happy with him as our backup i think falling back on him is a net positive he's going to see some time as d at dh even if marcelo zuna is healthy you know we're going to mix guys in uh and murphy are going to split time uh if murphy's not catching i imagine he's going to be DHing most of the time Darno, kind of maybe 50 50 uh when he's not catching he'll maybe dh half the time i'd imagine really depends um and then the other the other outfield guys that were added, uh Sam Hilliard, I really like. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, I really like what he's done with his swing. Um, he's he's done super well in spring training thus far. Uh so if if he has to dh some, that's fine. And if he has to play out out there for Eddie Rosario, that's also fine. Uh when it comes to the pitching rotation, um This is just another great rotation. The NL East pitching is by far leaps and bounds above every other division when it comes to pitching. Uh, There's really three guys in this uh, rotation that you could all consider for like as their ace. Uh, Max Freed's you know the the guy who's been there the longest, been doing it for years. You had two breakouts last year. The first one, Kyle Wright, who led all of baseball in wins as a pitcher and uh, obviously you know wins don't mean that much but when you look at his entire body of work it clearly shows that he's a great pitcher uh, and then Spencer Strider who vaulted onto the scene set the record for set the record for most strikeouts in a game by an Atlanta Brave topping a John Smoltz record and then beat a single season record an MLB single season record held by Randy Johnson fastest um, it was either fastest to 200 strike. Yeah, I think it was fastest to 200 strikeouts, uh, least amount of innings in a season to 200 strikeouts. So yeah, he's he's gonna be dominant. Really interested to see who you guys picked as the uh the Cy Young there. I I, I uh I won't spoil who I went with. Uh, and then last out of the pen, uh, Rice Galicia and AJ Minter will kind of be the two closers, one righty, one lefty. I'm not sure really who they're going to go with first. I I think it is going to be a Iglesias, but AJ Minter also will do a top-notch job there as well. And then uh, Colin McHugh, Joe Jimenez, Kirby Yates is uh, in Atlanta Brave. Um, he hasn't pitched in a while. I know he's older. We'll see how much he's got left in the tank. Um, I hope he's good. Uh, and then Jackson is and Dylan Lee, who they're guys, but... Uh, let's let's move on to uh I, I did i i don't think i gave my record prediction my record prediction i'm right there with you guys 105 wins at my top i do have my lower and a little bit lower than you guys 91 i think you know worst case scenario is von grissom doesn't blossom uh ozuna doesn't you know get right again and rosario also doesn't get right again if that if those three things happen i could definitely see a uh the, this team finishing third in the NL East with like a 91 wins, which is absurd. I'll let y'all give your uh, MVP picks first.
2: Who you got there? I got to go with, you know, the young guy, Michael Harris, just came on absolutely exploded onto the team. Uh, an amazing bat, amazing defensive player. I mean, gold glove caliber guy out there in the outfield. Uh, I just got to give him the nod. He's super exciting to watch uh, at the plate and in the field, just highlight reels, you know, potential every time that the ball is near him. So I, I like him a lot. Also the uh, the reigning rookie of the year. Uh,
1: Michael Harris, he's fun to watch. i uh, seen a lot of him play this past year being in Atlanta. Uh, so really fun to see him. I don't know if I see him being the MVP of the team. I'm actually going to lean towards Austin Riley. Um, tough pick for me not to go with Acuna here, just because I think he's in for a big year. We we saw him, you know, his first two years, I believe it was, uh, just dominating the league and on his way to be, you know, a top five player in the league. And then the injury happens last year, a little bit of a down year for Acuna. I think he does bounce back in a huge way. I mean, he's got all the tools, uh, but I'm going to go with Austin Riley. I mean, the dude just mashes baseball. 38 bombs last year. I think he could go over 40 this year. And then 142 OPS plus. He uh, holds down third very well as also. And uh, four-hole hitter on the team. I, uh, I just like what he brings, man. He, he just comes to play every game. And uh, I, I think he'll be the MVP for them this year.
0: The Braves are a home run hitting team and they proved that over the last several years. Uh, There's going to be three guys who all hit 30 home runs and that's Acuna, Matt Olson, and Austin Riley. Uh, I mean, Michael Harris could get there potentially. If you extrapolate what he did last season to a a full season, uh, I mean, he's right there. So, it definitely is in the cards for Michael Harris. And uh, Ozzy Alves could have a big year power-wise. Um, Marcelo Zuna could easily hit 30 home runs if he's our everyday DH. A Rosario is a bit of a leap for him. Uh, I don't – I mean, there's, there's just no shot. A Rosario is not hitting 30 home runs. I'll be happy if he hits 20, though. Uh, and then Vaughn Grissom also, not the not the power guy. He, 15, I'm happy with him. Uh, for me, it's got to be one of those – Big sluggers. Um, Riley's an awesome pick. He was definitely our best player last year. Uh, Matt Olson, uh, I expect him to have a really good year, his second year in Atlanta. Um, He was really hot to start the season and then kind of cooled off towards the back end before kind of regaining confidence. Uh, uh, But I am going with Ronald Acuna Jr. He's on 40-40 watch. I think he gets 30-30 for sure. Um, I think what he, his whole off season has been wild with everything that happened in Venezuela and he wasn't going to play in the WBC. And now he is playing in the WBC. Uh, I think, I think he's just amped to go out and show that, Hey, I am one of the best baseball players in the world, if not the best baseball player in the world, in his mind, uh, you know? So I, I think that's what he's going to, try and prove this season and uh i'm stoked i mean he 40 40 watch easily uh i mean maybe he could do crazy things if he if he really was if he found his power stroke and was consistent with it and he wanted to go after just stealing every single base when he was on he could go 50 50 i don't think it's the smart thing to do uh, you know, I don't think he should push for the fifty bombs, and I definitely don't think he should push for the the fifty steals. But base running has increased on the on the bases and spring training. You've seen uh, it's almost like I, I think it's an extra it's one stolen base attempt per game per team in spring training this year uh, due to the new rules. So I mean, hey, he could be taken off uh, frequently. So uh, let's move on to Cy Young. Uh, for me. I'm going to go with the guy who's been there, done it for several years now, Max Fried. Uh, The only lefty in our starting rotation, uh, and he's I'm imagining who's going to be the opening day starter as he has been the last several years. Uh, he was second or third, I think second in, in Cy Young voting last year. So uh, I expect him to have another strong year. He is on his uh, free agent year. He's a free agent after the season. The Braves have not extended him. It's looking like they're not going to. Uh, I don't expect him to be in the Atlanta Brave next year. I expect him to go get the bag after a really good season.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I'm i taking it a different direction. You know, we've talked about him a little bit already, but Spencer Strider is you know, absolutely dominant last season when he came up. Uh, 269 ERA, like you said, Austin. 202 strikeouts in 131 innings pitched. Just you know, absolutely dominant. I expect him to keep that up. And, uh, you know, that paired with the mustache he's got going on, I got to give him the nod. It is an elite mustache.
1: The mustache does play. Uh, but, Austin, I agree with you with Max Fried, uh, the veteran guy. And uh, being, a, being the only lefty in that rotation is definitely going to play a factor. Uh, but yeah, he's just a consistent producer. He's you know always sub three ERA, and I just I think he is the ace of this roster, and so for that reason, I'm going Max Freed for Cy Young of the Atlanta Braves.
0: Uh, as I alluded, there are basically no rookie of the year candidates in the Atlanta Braves organization. Uh. They had their two big call-ups who everybody was kind of expecting, or their three, really, I guess, last year. They traded away their entire farm. Um, All that's left, in my opinion, is Jared Schuster, who is another lefty, who I think the fifth rotation spot is up in the air. You've got Ian Anderson, who is one of the best postseason pitchers in baseball, but cannot get it done in the regular season for some reason. You've got Mike Soroka, who has just the inability to stay healthy for an extended period of time. Unfortunately, what he did his rookie season was incredible. Uh, looked like he was going to blossom one of the, into one of the best pitchers in baseball, uh, and then suffered an injury to his Achilles and has not recovered. And just setback after setback, um, he is supposed to be healthy this year. I uh, imagine he starts in AAA and gets the chance to come up if Ian Anderson uh, is not doing great. And then the other guy uh, is Bryce Elder, who came up uh, last year and had some uh, some really good experience up in the bigs. Um, when you're looking at like what he did, he pitched 54 innings, so just past the threshold of being uh, a rookie. So he's not a rookie anymore. Otherwise, he would be the obvious pick. I think uh but you know he made 9 starts and uh, had a 3.17 ERA. So he could definitely fit in as that fifth guy. But they're all righties and I'm and in a world that they're none of them are doing great and we want a lefty. Jared Schuster is the guy that's that's going to be called up. He's just the only MLB ready guy we have in the farm right now. Um so so yeah, he's he's my pick.
2: Yeah, it's it's really just between him and uh, Darius Vines. But like you said, y'all have got enough, you know, right-handed pitchers, and Jordan Schuster just has looked a little bit better over his uh his minor league career so far. Uh, pitching has been good for him, but you know, again, pitching is not really a need right now. Uh, they can take a little bit more time to develop both these guys. I don't think either of them will make a huge impact but Schuster does definitely have, you know, the most upside and the best opportunity to break into the lineup this year.
1: So just for the sake of being different, uh, I'm going to go with Braden Shumick. He left-handed hitting infielder, uh, you know, Vaughn Grissom isn't performing up to expectations or he goes through, you know, a slump in his second year. Uh I can see Braden shoemaker being a guy that makes an impact. He's, a like I said, a lefty. Doesn't strike out uh, consistently. A solid contact guy. Not a lot of pop. Uh, but he is a good defender, and uh, like I said, he doesn't strike out. So I can see him getting a shot. He's also, you know, another left-handed bat to add to this lineup. Not that they need it anymore. But, uh, yeah, just for the sake of being different, Braden shoemaker out of Texas A&M
0: he's he's definitely someone who could you know come up if uh but I, I don't see him getting a call if grissom because he's a shortstop um if grissom doesn't play well i think they fall back to Arcia. i don't really see them going to the well with Shoemaker. although uh i mean at 25 years old he he needs i think he's ready to to come up but um i don't know we'll see maybe he i don't know if he has the potential to go out there and play some outfield i, I don't know how bad he could be but yeah, I don't I don't hate either of those picks from you guys. Um off season, I've got them as buyers. Uh they trade just deadline. Been, yeah. Thank you for uh correcting me as is <laughs> scratch <laughs> my back, I'll scratch yours, you know. Exactly. Uh so trade deadline, yes. Uh they've been buyers the last couple trade deadlines. Uh and I think they will again, I they don't make big splashy uh, moves, but they make the right moves and they get players that they've been looking at and and can tell they have something to give. I That's just going to happen again. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know what position. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a pitcher even or, uh, you know, bullpen guy, fifth starter.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Austin. They're going to be buyers, but it's not going to be, you know, anything crazy. They're not going to Sell off what little they do have left in the farm system that they're developing. It, it's just a good team, and really every starting spot is pretty well locked down defensively. It's just adding that depth, those guys that can come in and you know make something happen for them if they need you know a defensive adjustment or you know a, a bat in a specific situation. And you said it, the Braves have been one of the best teams at scouting that talent, right player at the right time. So, I, I think they'll look to add a piece, but, you know, it's there's, like you said, there's no telling who it's going to be, uh, but it, it'll be the right piece at the right time.
1: Yeah, uh, on board with both of you guys, I guess, you know, left field, if, you know, Rosario and those guys aren't getting it done out there, that's where you'd look um, to maybe make a move. Uh, But, yeah, I don't don't think it's going to be anything huge because I think this roster is very well built and uh, they are ready for another run.
0: All right, so uh, let's get into the uh, division as a whole. So uh, let's go one at a time this time. I want to hear your prediction for every team's record from fifth place to first. Connor
2: give us your so uh in fifth place easy nationals fifty six wins uh just nothing good to say about that team and third place I have the Marlins I think they'll probably be at about seventy eight wins this season pretty half pretty high on on them compared to you guys I think third place Phillies I see them probably realistically at about 89 wins. Second place is gonna be the Mets. Uh they are gonna be, I, I project them at about ninety-eight. And then third place is gonna be the Braves, and I think that they best last season by one at one oh two wins.
1: Okay, for me, I have the Nationals coming in last, as we all know. Fifty four wins for them. Fourth place uh, would be the Marlins. I've got them at, I believe I have them at 75 wins. And then third, the Philadelphia Phillies coming in right at 89 wins. The Mets coming in second, 96 wins. And then the Braves coming in at 102, like
0: you said, Connor. All right. So I also have the Nationals down there uh, right between you guys with 55 wins. Uh, the Marlins, uh, I'm just a tad bit lower on. I've got them at 74 wins. In third place, I have the New York Mets with 93 wins. In fourth place, or sorry, in second place, I've got the Philadelphia Phillies with 95 wins. And in first place, I've got the Atlanta Braves with 98 wins. I think those three are just going to absolutely gobble each other up, and we're going to see three teams finish in the mid-90s. You can really switch those around however you like it, but um, that's, that's the way
2: I see it playing out. All right, Austin, to go right back to you, who do you have for division MVP?
0: um you can call me a homer if you'd like but like i said i think Ronald Acuna is going to be on a mission to prove that he is the best player in this division potentially in all of baseball uh give me Ronald Acuna jr yeah i've
1: yeah, got to I- go with austin riley i think the braves win the division and i think he ends up being the best player on the team this year um so yeah
2: i gotta go with austin riley back in my pick I got to go uh, a different direction than both y'all, which I like doing, but I'm sticking with Trey Turner. The man is just a consistent MVP candidate, just an all-star caliber guy at the plate, in the field, everywhere you turn. And he's going to lead that Phillies team uh, as well as the division and just probably a, a lot of the major categories here, minus home runs. And then to jump into it, for my Cy Young, I've got to go with the reigning National League Cy Young, uh, Sandy. I mean, he's just so, so good on the mound. And uh, even though the Marlins won't be a very successful team in terms of you know record and positioning in the division, he just adds so much and is so successful, and I don't see any reason for that to drop off at all.
1: I'm also going with Sandy. Uh, I think he builds off of last year. And this is just a tough division to pick a Cy Young because the Mets have two very strong candidates. The Phillies have two strong candidates. The Braves have two strong candidates. But I'm going with the team that has one strong candidate, and that is uh, the Marlins with Sandy Alcantara.
0: Yeah, you really nailed it right on the head. Seven of, I mean, I, I don't have anything in front of me. This is kind of just coming out of my ass right now, but I would say seven of the top 10 Cy Young candidates in the National League are in the National League East. Maybe the top seven. I don't know. I'm sure I, there's there's guys and I'm, I'm exaggerating, but seven of the top 10 probably, yeah. Um, Sandy's a great pick. He won it last year. Verlander's a great pick. He won it last year. Uh, Scherzer I have being the better guy on that Mets team, but I think Max Freed in his free agency year goes out and uh, secures himself uh, the contract to be the highest paid left-handed pitcher in baseball. Uh, so I, yeah, I think he's going to be on a mission this year to to do that, and that's why. You know the, the Josh Jacobs move of just it's your it's your year to go get the bag and just perform like nobody thought you could. Fair enough and then sticking with you, Austin. Who is your rookie of the year? Um. Well, it, you know it was going to be Andrew Painter, but uh, due to his injury, I'm going to have to fall to my next
2: pick, which is uh, Kodai Senga. Yeah, I uh, right there with you, Andrew Painter was my guy going in that injury kind of scares me especially being the UCL uh but I I want to get away from the pitchers a little bit be a little different from you and I'm going to go back to the Marlins again with a uh, Gordon Grosh- Jordan Groshans I just like his potential a lot I like the fact that he's got a, a good opportunity to step into a a meaningful role there on the Marlins defensively and you know as a hitter He's looked very good when he's been up, so I got to go with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we all would have had Andrew Painter if, you know, the UCL is very scary. Uh, So I am going to go with Yuri Perez, who I decided to take as my Marlins rookie of the year. I think him coming down, locking down a third spot in that rotation, while it might not be in the most meaningful situations, uh, throughout the year, I think he does come in and perform very well. Kodai Senga, you know, I expect him to do well, but I think Yuri Perez being a 20-year-old guy coming in, really opened some eyes. He's got a power fastball and a nasty change. So uh, I think he is able to uh, take that crown. All
2: right, y'all got anything else for the
1: National League East?
2: Uh, go Braves. If y'all want to come to any Braves games, let me know. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely all be making a trip up to Atlanta with you, Bill. I would love. Uh, we need
0: to plan a weekend, Connor, where we're both up there, and then we can record one of these all together.
2: That would be nice. You know, we we tried that before, but just we tried it Christmas. Every, yeah, with every, yeah, with everything else that was going on in the background of that one, it just didn't quite work out. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely work something out. Get up there, catch a game together. Definitely, you'll you'll see that on the Tricky Takes uh, social medias, but. This release is going to be super fun to watch. Uh, a lot of good teams in this division, you know, even the Marlins, who we've all got projected at four, you know, great potential to be a, a number three team, potentially a wild card run in other divisions. But you know, just a lot going on. But that's all we got for you guys this week. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you know, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, check out Phantom Sports. Tons of articles coming out. You know, every day, uh, all sports, not just baseball and football like we tend to focus on. They've got, you know, your hockey, your basketball, everything that you could ever want. So go check them out, please. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks, guys. See y'all.